0: Today's episode is brought to you by Sarah Brooks of Country Financial, specializing in small business insurance, also offering home, auto, life, and more. Service is available in Alaska, Washington, Oregon, and Minnesota. They're also currently hiring. Call today for a free quote, and if you mention this episode, you'll receive a free gift. Sarah can be reached at 907-357-7455. That's 907-357-7455 for Sarah Brooks of Country Financial. All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Chopping It Up with P. Scott. I am Prescott Kelly. Today is Thursday, February twenty third. Glad to have you back with us. Lots to get to today. Potential landing spots for Derek Carr, and I have a hot take about Derek and David. I'm not sure many people will see eye to eye with me on, but that's okay. Sorry, my throat started to kind of clear up, and I started that that Stewie Griffin. You know, what's some friends become enemies, some enemies become friends. Did a little a witchful experience? No, no, yo, your, your your book is doing just fine. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Is Mac Jones prime for a big year? Given trends from previous quarterbacks entering their third year recently? Are the Cowboys actually interested in CJ Stroud? We've got a couple other topics that we'll get to throughout the day as well. We had an interview lined up and I'm hoping that it doesn't get canceled. It sounds like it needs to be postponed through the day. And uh, I'm sure they'll be in contact with this person. Hopefully it can still come to fruition. If not, I totally understand things happen, but we'll do our best to make sure that it still does. For those of you that follow the Chopped on the Peace Scott page, you know who I'm talking about. If you don't, it'll be a surprise if we get to it. But now for today's topics. Man, the Raiders did Derek Carr so dirty. And this is why I I mentioned it briefly on a previous episode where this is why I'm so for player empowerment. Because these owners and GMs and teams, like, they really just don't care. They don't. like They'll move on from anybody, regardless of what you've done for them. And the, the around Derek Carr is, well, he hasn't done anything. Man, you look at that dumpster fire of a team. You tell me one person who could, besides the names of like Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. That dude's basically averaged a head coach per year that he's been in the NFL, along with offensive coordinators, along with just all of just the, the absolute asinine things that we associate with Raiders football he's had to endure and he's been good but that's been my my whole process when it comes to quarterback players. that all these guys can at least play I mean there's a handful of dudes it seems like Zach Wilson's one of those dudes who can't play but maybe it's just between the ears maybe it's just I don't know I don't know with him but the way that I look at the NFL landscape of quarterbacks is it's just there's three to five great ones there's three to five that aren't good and then everybody else is just circumstantial you can Basically, you can basically just spin a wheel of the other 25, 26 organizations with the other 25 or 26 starting quarterbacks besides the eight or so that I just gave you as an example of the best and worst. And you're going to get a similar product regardless of where you put them, because that's basically what the NFL is. Anyways, it's I know that I sunk a broken record. But we know there's three or four really good teams, three or four really bad ones, and everybody else is just basically a 500 football team, which is basically what all these quarterbacks are. They're 500-ish type winning quarterbacks. You'll get a little bit of variance year to year, but we kind of know what we're getting ourselves into. And Derek Carr to me, is one of those guys who's in that realm of you can win with him if everything else around you is good. But again, that's just about everybody else. But the narrative becomes we can't do anything with Derek Carr just because he's only been to the playoffs, what, I think one time in his career? Uh, two times because they went not this year but the year beforehand the the thing is that you it's not that you can't win with Derek Carr it's just the Raiders can't win with anybody but when you got that narrative of well you can't win with him now all of a sudden you have to start to kind of like put that narrative in your own hands as a player that's why I think that Kevin Duran did what he did he went to Golden State because he's like I'm not gonna get any respect until I win one and then he went someplace went to Golden State won one and still through most people's eyes. Didn't really win one, which I think is the dumbest thing ever. Because if you could actually control where you worked all the time and you weren't happy, and you could just pick up and go, wouldn't you want to do it? Wouldn't wouldn't like wouldn't you want your life to just be better if you could? And I feel like that's what the backlash is for most of these both uh, both of most of these athletes is because now they have an easy I guess you could say easier, but they have more power and they have more of an opportunity to literally just pick up and go. And when you have the money, it's easier to do that. I get it. But I feel like most of the backlash that comes from the media and fans is just because they're not in a position of power like these players are now. But another thing that I've said is, you know, we always hear, well, the players, they don't they don't listen to social media because that's what they tell us. But we know they obviously do with how much they're on Twitter and maybe not Facebook so much, but Instagram and all these other platforms, they listen and they hear and they have TV, you know, they watch it. So Derek Carr hears just all all of the bullshit about how you can't win with him. So what are you going to have to do now? You're going to have to go someplace and at least make the playoffs, regardless of how you get there. Like, even if it's going to like a terrible division, which I think is the best route for him to kind of resurrect the narrative of you can't win with him, because if at least he gets to the playoffs and hosts a playoff game and wins one, that's going to change the minds of a lot of sports sims out there. Which is why I think that the NFC South makes so much sense, like just in its entirety. You can go anywhere there. And Derek Carr is automatically the best quarterback in that division. It's really not even close. So the Jets are also doing jet things. Like, oh, if he comes here, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I need to pump the brakes on the Jets, man. I know they had a really good defense last year. Brees Hall looked really good. They've got some good young wide receivers. I get it. But like I always say, you're the Jets until you're not the Jets anymore. Same thing with like the Titans, things like that. Like until you prove to me that you're not that team anymore, You are what you are exactly what I thought you were. So with the Jets saying he'd be a first bout Hall of Famer if he went here. (laughs) Okay, whatever you say, because there's nothing in the past like 10 to 12 years that makes me suggest otherwise. But you go ahead and pitch that to Derek Carr. That on top of the fact that most people still think that this is the Bills division to lose. Miami's still good. And New England's still good. Like they're still relevant. Like they're still always in the playoff hunt. They made the playoffs two years ago with arguably the worst offensive roster I've ever seen. So do you really want to go to a stacked AFC East where every like again the narrative is like you can't do anything with Derek Carr and if he misses the playoffs again it's it once again just becomes oh really with everything the Jets do have quote unquote you can't even do it there you still could make a wild card spot that's why I firmly believe that he goes to a different division and just like just not the Jets period I don't see him going there now he might want to go there because maybe he does see the talent and thinks that he can elevate him and wants to go that route but again if you're trying to re if you're trying to return the, the the navigation trajectory of your career and the overall narrative of how you are viewed from other people he's gonna have to go to a quote-unquote easier route to appease people and change the perception of him so really for me it's just kind of a crapshoot of who do you want to go to in the nfc south where do you see the best talent for you to be able to win so i i noticed a couple things when i was watching the Bucs play every once in a while this year is like Mike Evans just looked more broken than Tom Brady did. And there's been some rumors that the Bucks might move on from Mike Evans. And I, on, I, I kind of get it big receiver. He's been consistent. I think it was, doesn't he have a, a, a thousand yards in each of his what? Nine seasons. He's been in the league for a long time. And the things that we, we don't associate these guys with being in the league for that long because it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like he's been in the league for damn near a decade, but he has. So maybe Tampa's not the spot. I actually think that Atlanta might be the best spot for him. Denver Carolina would be be fine. But I think Atlanta has better, younger offensive pieces where they'd be more competitive with Derek Carr. And I think it'd be fun to watch him there. I mean, it's it's largely a run-heavy offense, and you're not going to use him the same way that you were using Marcus Mariota. But you don't need to now because you have an actual quarterback, which is weird. I don't know this to be true, but I'm just saying if you're trying to to change the way that people look at you and the winner mentality, then you got to go someplace where the division's weak, and, that, and they're gonna they're gonna call it that as as well. You're only playing a weak division. Brady got a little bit of that too, and that's the reason why the Bucks made it to the playoffs with a losing record. I understand it, but it's weird how just week to week these things change. With just if they were to make the playoffs, if they hosted a playoff game and if they won. All of a sudden it goes from, well, it was the Raiders the entire time with one playoff win. That is how the narrative changes. Also, before we move along, my hot take was, could you imagine if David and Derek didn't go to the two most dysfunctional franchises, especially at the time David got drafted by the Texans, an expansion roster, and he got sacked more than any quarterback ever at the time. Could you imagine if he went anywhere else, basically? Anywhere. Could you imagine if Derek Carr didn't go anywhere except for the most dysfunctional franchise that we've seen with the worst overall defense over what the last five to seven years total? The worst statistical defense by average for the last five to seven years. I mean, also it would help if Patrick Mahomes wasn't in your own damn division, because that guy makes life literally impossible for anybody in the division to to even look competent, even though we love Justin Herbert. Man, my hot take would be like, I we could be regarding them as One of the best... Now, there's not many brother duos, but history would be completely different between David and Derek Carr collectively if they didn't go to those two franchises. I'm not saying that they would be better than the Peyton and Eli resumes. I'm not necessarily saying that. But we put them closer there than we would as two quarterbacks that didn't deserve to get drafted where they were. Now, Derek's a little bit different. He wasn't a first-round pick. But regardless... The narrative between the Carr brothers has been you can't do anything with them. And my argument is if they just went someplace different, some kind of competent organization, their stories would be completely different. All right. As we continue on, please make sure to tell your friends, hide your kids, hide your wives. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. I really appreciate everybody's support since we've been back the last, I'd say, Four or five episodes or so after the three-month hiatus. Starting to get back to where we were before I had to take that break. So thank you guys for all your support and the likes and the shares, reviews, everything else. And with that awkward transition, we will transition awkwardly into Mac Jones because I still can't get over the fact of how he walked out when he first got drafted because I thought this guy walks like a Welshman. This, this is not going to go good for your NFL career. I have zero faith in you. It was him and Zach or him and Zach Wilson in the same draft where I go, Nah, you're too pretty, Zach, and you walk funny to Mac. I there's like there's no way that your careers can possibly go well. And I've been fairly accurate so far. Zach's looks on a much poorer trajectory than I thought. And Mac has still just been unseasoned Mac and Cheese. Like that's just what he is. Ugh, Matt Gritty in the Pro Bowl last year. Ugh, good lord. But Mac Jones is now going into his third year, and over the past few years, what we've seen is the big jump from year two to year three, and, and three quarterbacks specifically, they weren't drafted in the same draft, but the years from two to three, we saw them make exponential jumps. That'd be Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tagovailoa. But all of those guys, have they, they have one thing in common. They got a guy like Stephon Diggs, like A.J. Brown, And like Tyreek Hill, are the Patriots going to be able to do that? Now, I've seen these guys just skyrocket from where they were two to three and what our narratives were on them their first two years, right? Two is too small. Hertz isn't, he's not accurate. Josh Allen plays hero ball. He's reckless. And I guess you could say that all of those things were potentially true. But what they all do have in common is, the true number one wide receiver with Diggs Brown and Hill. Now, I'm not saying that if you get Mac Jones, the same similar kind of player that he's going to be on that same trajectory that we kind of associate with the three previous quarterbacks, but it's the only way that he might potentially change the trajectory. The problem is like in free agency, as of right now, there really isn't anybody on that caliber. There's some guys that you recognize there's the Sammy Watkins and the Sterling Shepherds uh there is Robert Woods just got released um Juju Smith-Schuster, Randall Cobb, like there's names that you recognize but not one of them is on the same talent spectrum of the other three wide receivers that I named. And you might be able to draft somebody, but once again when I go back and look at unless you change who you are and what you've been forever I don't consider you something different. Your like my perception of you has become the reality. And it's the same thing with the Patriots in drafting wide receivers. They can't do it. It is impossible for them to draft a wide receiver. And again, this free agency class right now, like it it looks pretty lame duck. You're going to have to draft one or trade for one. And with the wide receiver market, the way that it is, you're going to have to give up a lot to go get somebody else. But again, I'm, I'm not, I was, I've never been sold on Mac Jones and I'm not some expert collegiate quarterback expert. And in, 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 when it comes to the analysis of that, but I have always kind of stuck to the rule of, and you, when you play at these huge programs with all five-star guys like Alabama, you're allowed to look that great. It's an indictment. If you don't like, if you can't win with everybody who else is basically an NFL player that just shows exactly how terrible you are. But I've never been a huge fan of the guys the the college quarterbacks that go to the bigger programs because they largely don't pan out. And I've made the arguments before of the Josh Jones of the Wyoming's of the world, Ben Roethlisberger of Miami of Ohio, NC state with Phillip rivers. Like these guys don't go to these high profile collegiate programs, but they end up being better quarterbacks. Whereas guys like Mark Sanchez, don't guys like Matt liner. Don't Mac Jones. Don't because they go to these huge programs where everybody is NFL ready, essentially. So no, I wasn't high on Mac Jones to begin with, but unless you get somebody of the caliber of a Diggs, Hill or Brown, you don't have any chance anyways. Because again, that, that offensive roster has been absolute booty juice now for three years, but I trust Belichick because they're at least winning eight, nine, 10 games every year. If you can get somebody, you at least have the ability to extract a little bit more out of Mac Jones. But if you don't, that team isn't, there's still going to be good just because I trust Belichick and I trust that defense. But you're not going to get anything more out of Mac until you get a legitimate wide receiver. Now, I do believe in the fact that usually that, that year two to three is kind of where you usually see the biggest prog- progression, anyways. Because year one, you might come out, you might take some guys by surprise. Year two, you might struggle with those injuries. But two to three, if you've been a starter, you should be able to figure out more stuff. Like you've had way more game reps and way more experience. So this is a make or break year for to me for Mac Jones anyways to see some type of progression, even if he doesn't get better talent around him because this is where you have to start to be able to elevate guys around you and not be carried because you're going to be up for a contract soon. But if they can't get somebody through a trade or somebody else being released that they can't get a, like an elite wide receiver. Mac Jones could be out of new England even as early as next year, maybe. So a few weeks ago, Jerry Jones came out and said, no, Dak Prescott is our quarterback. And I've been telling you all forever. If I ever hear from the words of ownership and management, when it comes to sports, this is our guy. He's not your guy. He's just looking for the right deal to get him out of there because they know that they've already messed this up once. But how are you going to trade that crazy contract? Yeah, it can be done. We saw Russell Wilson get moved. It can be done. Now, we can use 2020 hindsight and say that, you know, the Broncos got absolutely fleeced just because of the the draft picks that Seattle was able to get and the season that they had, especially comparable to Denver. But again, I circle back to, that was Geno Smith's like first good year in a decade. I don't know how much stock I really put in that. I know that. That was a full year of film on him. And maybe, again, it was a full season of tape on the on these young corners, their offensive tackle. Maybe that team isn't the same team next year. And again, it's that division with with San Francisco. Like that San Francisco, to me, is still the best team in that division anyways the Rams might be better if they can address their offensive line and Arizona still a dumpster fire. And well, I guess, you know, if I circle back, the NFC is, is pretty wide open besides maybe two teams, which is basically San Francisco and Philadelphia. So maybe they can still make the playoffs. I don't know, but I'm just like, I'm, I'm not sold on Geno Smith off of one relatively good season, which is still subpar for NFL quarterbacks. I'm not, I'm not sold on it yet, but to get back on point is, People thought that the Russell Wilson, that that contract couldn't be moved, but they were able to. And Dak Prescott, like they already paid him the 75 million. Like that's not, that's not part of the equation anymore. They paid him one bonkers lump of 75 mil, but that's not the case anymore. And every NFL team thinks that they can win or they're just one quarterback away. But when Jerry Jones says Dak Prescott is our guy, no, he's not. He's just waiting for the right deal. He's waiting for the right amount of compensation that he's willing to part with it. And I don't know for a fact if he will get traded, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do. And if they do, I wouldn't be surprised if they go get CJ Stroud or another quarterback. Stroud seems to be like the secondary quarterback, right? It seems to be a toss-up between Stroud and Bryce Young from Alabama, which goes back to my point of, I don't know if, if these guys are going to be good because they're playing with four and five-star guys all around them all the time. But for us to just blindly say, well, Jerry Jones said that Dak's our guy. He's clearly the guy, and especially because of that contract. No, 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 nope, no, nope, no, nope. no, 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 don't believe it. There's no, re- these owners have lied to you your entire lives in the landscape of sports. I just believe that Jerry Bear hasn't got what exactly he wants for Dak yet. If they do, if they do trade off of him from Dak, I could absolutely see them going and getting a quarterback. So don't worry, Cowboys fans. If you're that pissed off about Dak Prescott still being on your roster, I have a, pretty good feeling that he won't be that much longer but that's that's the thing too jerry is so he's so odd to put a to put your hand on right because like he the one thing he is is loyal to to these guys like like he's completely irrationally he's irrationally loyal to guys like zeke elliott just like he was to jason garrett just like he's probably going to be to Mike McCarthy. So there's a select few of guys like Tony Romo was kind of the same thing, even though I think that Tony Romo got a bad rap when he was actually the Cowboys quarterback. I think he was way better than what the NFL liked to, or the least the NFL fans like to lead you to believe. But again, you play for the Cowboys and you're under just a a different level of scrutiny. But if Jerry wants to actually win a Super Bowl before he passes away, because he's on borrowed time, like he literally looks like the crypt keeper right now. If his real objective is to win a Super Bowl, he's going to have to trade Dak. He's going to get another wide receiver. He's going to have to let go of Zeke. To me, that's the only way that he's even going to remotely have a chance of getting Super Bowl. especially because of just of how good Philadelphia and San Francisco are, like just across the board talent-wise. That's a huge jump to be able to to knock somebody else off because at least like in the AFC, there's better teams, but anybody can beat anybody. The NFC right now, There's two it's Philly and San Francisco and they're miles apart better than anybody else in the conference, the entire conference, they are miles apart, but I just want Cowboys fans to breathe easy. Cause if you are that mad at Dak and don't want to measure quarterback anymore, don't worry. I'm, I can look through all of the managerial coach bull (laughs) speak. He'll move Dak. If he gets the right compensation, I, firm, I firmly believe that. He's just waiting for the right deal. Two is out here on a remix of the song, Blame It on the Alcohol. Because I'm going to take the shot of this nouveau. Shorty, didn't you know it's going down? You and I can kick a line. Judo, judo, you know what I mean. Shorty got drunk, thought it all was a dream, so I made her say, ah, 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 ah. That. As he's doing. I didn't have to do all that, but I wanted to. This is my show. Get F- um <laughs> So, like, I understand the reasoning for it. Because, like, his 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 explanation is, like, I need to learn how to fall better. Which, to me, is one of those weird things that you shouldn't have to learn how to do, right? But it goes back to when you're not ever getting hit. I mean, he got he got crushed once at Bama. But that was more for not getting down. It didn't have anything to do with him snapping his head back, which has been every single concussion that he's got because he's getting thrown around like a ragdoll. The Alabama injury was like a hip injury. Got to get down. So there's, I I feel like there's benefits to these things to do, obviously, especially when you haven't shown that you have the ability to do it because you haven't had to do it because you never got touched before. I could see him wanting to, you know, better protect himself if he wants to have the longevity of a career that he thinks that he's capable of having. It is odd to me that you feel like you have to do it now in your early 20s to learn, to learn how to get up from a hit. But again, I guess that neither here nor there. To me, the sliding is more of a it's, – it's a more valuable like ability to learn than learning how to fall. But when you're as tiny as two is, I guess you got to take all the precautions that you can. The thing that I'm that, – I understand the reasoning for it, but when you're that – it is like when you're that tiny, I don't know how much control he's really going to have over it. This is different if you had a dude – who was a little bit bigger like a Josh Allen because there really isn't, there aren't many people in the NFL, especially with that don't have nineties and seventies and eighties on their jerseys. I mean, it's different now, but you get what I'm saying. If they're not defensive linemen, it's going to be really difficult. Excuse me, really difficult to bring down a guy like Josh Allen by yourself, anyways, and then being able to bring him down in a manner that's going that he's not going to be able to brace himself at all. Seems very unlikely to me. Whereas with Tua, it happens, God, it feels like every time he does get hit, he's just getting tossed around. So I understand the purpose of the task, the purpose of him wanting to have that extra level of, I guess you could say protection. The biggest reason why I bring it up is I just want to do a T-Pain line. That was pretty much it. And with that being said, unfortunately, I did get confirmation that we are not going to be able to do the interview that we had scheduled but we are going to reschedule for this weekend and we should be rescheduling for another interview with an author from the east coast that should be a fun one we have to get some of the details tangled out but as always please make sure to tell your friends how's your kids how's your wives you are available on apple podcast google podcast spotify and anchor and as i always tell you guys you may not agree with everything that i say but i'm sure i said something throughout every episode that you or one of your friends has said that they agree with so if you don't even share the the entirety of the show. If this episode clicks with somebody you know, let them hear this too so we can get their word spread out. Once again, as always, Chop and another Peace God Nation. You guys stay up, stay blessed, and we will catch you this weekend, maybe with a doubleheader.